3: Welcome into the early line live right here on SportsGrid. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Rightside, rolling through the NFL board week six edition. Lot of good action to break it down. Game of the week, though, I think has to be Baltimore, L.A., Ravens, Chargers, Baltimore earlier in the week laying the field goal. It has dipped below now to that two and a half spot here. The Ravens are a minus 142 favorite on the money line. The over under is 51 and a half. And you have two top five MVP candidates in my estimation, Donnie, doing battle in Justin Herbert and lamar jackson lamar off of what was probably the finest game of his career monday night football against the indianapolis colts well justin Herbert had five total touchdowns himself in a tremendous matchup against the browns these are two quarterbacks playing at the highest level it feels like right now what are your thoughts walking into baltimore
4: I love it. 1 o'clock Sunday here, two 4-1 teams, two really good 4-1 teams as well. And you can also say, like, maybe you didn't expect this out of Baltimore after the opening night loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, but they have righted the ship here, fought through some COVID issues, fought through some, you know, amazing long-distance field goals and domes to beat the lowly Detroit Lions, but here they are. You know, you can say what you want. There are no moral victories, as we like to say, in the NFL, so you better just pick up the victory and keep moving on. Love Justin Herbert. Love the offense for the Chargers. But I think this game comes down to you, Kevin. The The total should be in play because you're looking at two very good offenses. Lamar Jackson scores on anybody, Kevin. I know you always bring up the point, you know, hey, people say this, the NFL figured out Lamar Jackson. No, they haven't. And at least in the regular season, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You know, you only have a few days to prepare for this guy. He's electric, and one of his better passing efforts previously coming here on Monday Night Football versus the Colts. Do I think that's automatically going to translate over? Not necessarily, but when you take a look at that Chargers defense here, susceptible to a lot of things, particularly on the ground, giving up 157 yards per game and 5.6 yards per carry in this one. Passing defense, okay, 214, but that's just the derivative of We don't really have to pass that much because we can run all over this football team. But take a look at Baltimore's defense. This isn't the Baltimore defense that we're usually used to. The front seven bullying your offensive line, playing lockdown defensive secondary coverage here. So many injuries and attrition and also free agency has taken apart that Baltimore Ravens defense. But what I like about this game overall, Kevin, when you're looking from a perspective of it's hard to win games on the road. I really do like the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers can get this game and win it outright. It'll be a close, tough, hard fought victory. But when I'm looking at when I really need to trust a quarterback in the moment, it's crazy that I'm looking more towards Justin Herbert than I am Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar going to be spectacular? His rushing prop versus his passing prop combined, it's probably going to be a high one worthy of taking a look at. But sometimes I just trust the Chargers a little bit more here. I think their offense is more complete, and I think they can go on the road here, come East Coast, and win this football game outright here, Kevin.
3: It's incredible to me how much trust Herbert and even Staley have already earned, Donnie. It's very understandable there. You look at some of the ATS trends as well on the season. The Chargers have been dogs twice, 2-0, two outright wins, both times on the road, Washington and Kansas City. The Ravens have been favorites three times this year, yet to cover in that spot so far. I will add this, though, with the Baltimore Ravens checking in coming off of the Monday night game. You might say, oh, short week, a little bit worried about that. Six and two against the number of teams coming off of Monday night football so far. Now that doesn't mean run to the window and bet Baltimore, but I wouldn't run to the window then and be betting the Chargers under the guidelines of, oh, short week for Baltimore. At least that's just not paid off just yet radio audience in full effect here appreciate all those listening to the early line on sports grid radio kevin walsh and donnie Wrightside going through the game of the week here ravens chargers how about some key player props though don we got a full board to look at for these teams here and these are a couple of teams with skilled players and quarterbacks that i'm sure people are going to be very excited to get to the window on yeah, there are a couple.
4: Real quick point on this Charger game versus the Baltimore Ravens as well, Kevin. In Monday Night Football, the Colts should have won that game. So let's just say the Colts win that game by 10 like they were supposed to. You might have a little bit different outlook even on the line in this one. But let's take a look here. If I'm going to go with and say, you can rush run the football against the Chargers, I'm going to look for an anytime touchdown prop. You know, I'm going to Latavius Murray at a plus 125 price here. You saw it even last week. You're going to get down to the goal line. You're going to have read option plays. Last week, if Lamar Jackson just handed the football off to Latavius Murray on the one-yard line. He walks in. Instead, he tried to take it around the end and ended up fumbling. I think they correct that error this weekend. Latavius Murray can score. And also, old faithful here, i like to say, Keenan Allen. Over 67 and a half receiving yeah. yards in this game. If we see points, he's going to be a big part of that. And also keep in mind, Mike Williams, a little bit of damage goods coming in this week. A monster game last week, but tweaked his ankle, not practicing much this week. So maybe we lean more on Keenan Allen. I think he can get to those 70 yards and cash that ticket for us as well.
3: I think the Keenan looks always good. Mike Williams being booked above him, buying low on a guy like Allen makes sense to me. One guy I'm going to be looking at this week is Latavius Murray, but also when we're talking running, Lamar Jackson here, over his rushing prop, 65 and a half. The Chargers are by far and away the worst team against the run in the league. They give up the most yards per carry at 5.6, but more specifically, they're giving up the most yards per game, again, by a lot. 157 rushing yards per game. And this is certainly buoyed by playing a team like the Browns, but you're looking at, you know, the... Clyde Edwards a game getting after him Zeke got right against this team Pollard ran all over him. Gibson had a 90 yard game here I think Lamar is going to be wiggling around against this team and putting them in some tough spots and as Donnie mentioned the passing plus rushing will be worth a look because Lamar is 5-0 to the over on his passing prop this year should be a good one tell you what though wasn't a clear-cut game of the week Browns Cardinals that one is next
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: I love that music. Good stuff. Brings us in the right way here. Breaking down the week six slate in the NFL. Donnie, I said... Ravens Chargers, I think, is game of the week. You could easily argue, though, the Mm -hmm. unbeaten Arizona Cardinals making the trip to Cleveland would be warranting of that spot. Cleveland is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 49. And we've both talked a lot about this total this week coming down with good reason, not because we don't trust these two offenses, but the weather. Maybe we'll have some different plans here for these two teams.
4: Yeah. Sustained winds look like Kevin around 20 miles an hour. And the reason sometimes you could say you can't really equate it. Right. And say, well, I wonder how it's going to affect the game. Well, the best part about the last couple of years in Cleveland, we have actual visual moments where you're saying like, whoa, when the wind is blowing in Cleveland, nobody can move the football. Now, that's not to say that we know exactly where the weather's going to be come Sunday at kickoff here, but we're anticipating some windy conditions. That usually what affects the total and the game plans more than anything here. You can get some rain, you can get some snow and see what happens and, you know, extreme heat or extreme cold, I get it. But windy conditions matter with the deep passing game, the intermediate passing game, the kicking game, everything goes along with it. So, Kevin, when you take a look at this game and say, what makes sense, right, between Cleveland and Arizona? Arizona dynamic offense. So right off the bat, you would say if it's high, windy conditions, that's going to affect Kyler Murray in that offense more than Baker Mayfield and the Browns because the Browns want to hand the football off. But this is an interesting game here. you have having a little bit of a COVID outbreak here on the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't practiced yet this week. If he can't go, that is a major cog in the offense that you won't have. But also keep in mind, what's the reason why we love the Cleveland Browns this year? A really good offensive line and an absolutely powerful running game. Both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb have not practiced yet this week. So something to keep an eye on here on the Friday practice reports. This game, more than any game here, Kevin, has a lot of uncertainties with weather and injuries here. For a big game, this is a tough one to cap, even at this late time in the week here on a Friday for me.
3: If the wind is going to deliver in the way that it seems, for me, the only way to play this game is under. Pick six coming up in the hour. All lines, you know that I've typically been going all overs. I will once again. I considered an all under here because the thing is, the total can't really get low enough if the wind is going to be anything like what we saw last year. And as Donnie said, we're not guessing about how the wind impacts games in Cleveland. We had a three-game sample size that was jarring last year against the Raiders, 16-6. Neither quarterback getting to 130 yards passing. Against the Texans, 10-7. Watson was the quarterback. Had the high mark of passing yards at 163 in the game. And then even when they played the Eagles at the Browns game there, 22-17. Another game, a touchdown under where that total was. Wentz actually threw for 235 that's because they were trailing for so much of the game and they couldn't run in the way that teams had been doing it the past weeks there. I'll tell you where I think Donnie people can maybe really try and line up and have a big day using the same game parlay and under and under on Baker passing and under on Kyler passing and just you know get yourself like a five to one price. That essentially is your windy same-game parlay and get a big payday here if we see this Cleveland game play out the way some of those matchups from last year did.
4: No, you're right. And it's a good point you bring up also, Kevin, because you, you try to steal, steal some games earlier in the week. Primarily, some people like to jump some injury information. But the one that's usually the most effective here, Kevin, is trying to plan out what the weather conditions will be, because outside of injuries, that is a massive impact. As you see right now, take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook opening up at a 53.5, now sitting at a 49.5. Let's just say, if you say today, I'm going to build a same game parlay just to the unders here. And it turns out, Kevin, on Sunday afternoon, the weather conditions are fine, like 10 mile an hour winds you can still hit all of those unders here because it's not that big of a difference where they're trying to put that into the total on a friday so when you get to sunday and let's just say the weather that we anticipate 20 mile an hour winds actually is 25 or 30 mile an hour winds you're Mm -hmm. looking even better at this point so the moral of the story is i don't think you can get hurt if you build those under parlays today because just because it's nice weather doesn't mean they'd light it up but if the weather does get worse that is really damaging to taking some of these over
3: wagers it's going to be a fun one to follow there. And NFC West versus AFC North. We will see that same kind of battle on Sunday night. Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, did Sunday night football not know what they were getting when this one got put on the card. The good Pittsburgh Steelers, always competitive at the minimum. Ah, you could at least turn a Steelers game on and expect a good one. Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks, wrong, wrong, wrong. Pittsburgh, a nightmare to watch. Unless maybe they figured it out last week against Denver. And then Geno Smith makes the starting gate here for the Seattle Seahawks. Donnie, as a five-and-a-half point underdog. The total in this game is 42-and-a-half. Are we back in Geno Smith?
4: It's, it's, it's hard to do, but I might be thinking that way. But I have to say, I always preface this by saying, if everybody can get to this game healthy, obviously we know, you know your all-world quarterback, Russell Wilson, is not getting there, which is why Geno Smith is getting the start in turning, why this line goes from about 3.5 to 3 up to 5.5 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But there was some bad news yesterday again. DK Metcalf sat out with a foot injury yesterday. You're going to need that guy healthy. You need Tyler Lockett and him to be working both sides of the field. Also, when you take a look at running back, Kevin, I've said this all week long. If I can get Chris Carson in this game and healthy off of that neck injury, which Pete Carroll said, hey, he had a great weekend last weekend. Looks like he'll be coming back. He hasn't practiced yet this week. So when you're looking at damaged goods across the board in my number one wide receiver, my number one running back and my all-world quarterback, it makes it harder to say I'm going to take the dog in this team being the Seattle Seahawks on the road against Pittsburgh. But having said that as well, you do have some injuries you're worried about for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Juju Smith is down. Also, Claypool's still dealing with some hamstring tightness here. These aren't two great football teams, whereas if you would have lined this up maybe a year or two, ago, like, whoa. This is definitely the game of the week. Two teams might be coming in this game undefeated as they play on Sunday night football. I need more out of the actual practice reports day to see. Because I have to tell you, Kevin, if Metcalf plays and is healthy, as Carson starts this game healthy, I'm probably going to be looking to backing a team total here with the Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith. Don, you can't do that. Geno Smith's a terrible quarterback. That's why these depressed team totals are 16 and a half and 17 and a half, which means you just have to get to 20 to cash in. There's no way Seattle can go on the road and pick up a victory. If I'm taking a team total, Kevin, I don't care if they can pick up the victory or even be competitive. <laughs> get beat 31 to 17 and still cash your ticket. It all, it all spends the same here.
3: It certainly does. This is a is a tough game. We got two teams both one and four to the under. But you have to keep in mind Seattle totals are not 42 and a half, mid 50s. So yeah, they've been playing unders with Russ, but Russ wasn't playing games with totals of 42 and a half heavily heavily adjusted on that front there. Pittsburgh last week played their first over of the season. I mean, the total, again, it was 40. There were 16 points in the fourth quarter there. Pittsburgh's not a team I'm desperate to back. I think this is a spot where you might be trying to look for the Seahawks plus 11 and a half in a teaser mm. i think that's worth a legitimate look i'm also really interested to see though donnie what they do with the player props here chase claypool was a target player prop for me earlier in the week and i can't wait to see what not only the geno numbers look like but some of the skill players there Look, very limited sample size but i'm sure one of the reasons you're waiting to see if dk metcalf makes the starting gate is that certainly seemed like a guy geno smith was ready to lean on Exactly, and you have to take a look at that fourth quarter. Keep in mind also, you know,
4: Geno Smith haven't started a game in a long time. He's going to get extra time to prepare for this one, but we always have to think back to what the backup quarterbacks do during the week. They take a look at the game plan, they basically run scout teams, take no steps with the starters, and then midway through the game, when the game plan is set up for Russell Wilson, you have to go in and execute. I thought it did fairly well here, Kevin, as he played in the fourth quarter, made one terrible interception, but moved the football roughly at 100 plus yards passing and a touchdown in one quarter. I'll try to equate that this weekend. I think they can move the football we'll just see how many starters are able to play and be healthy
3: it oddly even if it wasn't again what you thought it would be it's going to be an interesting one to follow on Sunday night football Geno Smith trying to deliver in prime time a lot more week six action for us to get to including Aaron Rodgers going up against the Chicago Bears we'll break that down next
1: Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Back right here on the early line. We got a battle between two teams in the NFC North. A storied rivalry between the Packers and the Bears Green Bay your favorite Donnie of five and a half points the total is 44 and a half this is a game that I feel like whoever gets it right the, the guy that tells you oh, I'm laying it with Green Bay I'm telling you Rodgers owns this team owns this team they blow him out right and if he gets it, you the smartest man in the room and then the person I ah, give me his fields give me the Bears this defense is for real they're covering they might win it outright and if they're right Kudos to you. You're the smartest man in the room. I think it's a very, very difficult side and total here, Donnie, to handicap between the Bears and the Packers.
4: Yeah, the one thing I like in this game, too, is us usually being over guys, whether it be a team total or a game total over. I actually really like the under in this one here. Under 44 and a half makes a lot of sense to me because the Packers do have a very good offense, but the Chicago Bears do have a good defense, and that's something that you have to take into account. Aaron Jones, great running back. You also have, you know, a talented group of wide receivers, but it seems like, you know, Aaron Rodgers only has eyes for Devontae Adams on the outside, and rightfully so. He's wide open every single play, makes every catch, goes over the middle, runs deep routes, you know, great red zone target. That should be enough to win this football game because I can't get over what I'm going to get from the Chicago Bears on offense. You're taking a look at a passing game that is completely broken. Just say, okay, let's lean on the running game. Justin Fields, very athletic quarterback. He can get yards with his feet. You say, all right, hand it off to Montgomery. He's not going to be there. Your backup running back, he's not going to be there now on the COVID list. So we're down to third string running backs and a rookie quarterback and a broken passing game. And I'm just supposed to believe that the Packers and the Bears usually play tough games and you know it won't be a runaway in this one. Do I think it's going to be a blowout? No, most games in the NFL aren't blowouts. But if I'm just looking at this game at a common element saying to myself, I'm going to get one of the best quarterbacks to ever live on one side, And I'm going to get a kid that throws for about 90 yards a game on the other side with no weapons. I'm sorry. I can't bet the Chicago Bears, unless you are just pure contrarian and saying this game makes no sense. Why is the spread only five and a half rising to six? It should be 14 and a half. I'm going to take the Bears at home. (laughs) Or you're just saying, well, Donnie, look at last week's game. The, the Bears did nothing on offense and won by double digits. That's an anomaly at this point when you try to take a look at those games. You're now going to face Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers versus a rookie quarterback on a team that can't throw it, has zero offense. I can only look at the Bears, but also at the same time, Kevin, even more so looking
3: excuse me, towards the Packers. I like the under this game. I think it makes a lot of sense because I think the Green Bay defense last week, you know, I try to play an over in that game against Cincinnati. The Bengals deserved more points. But that Packers defense maybe put forward a better effort than we thought they would. Held Pittsburgh in check as well. The interesting thing to me is LaFleur. LaFleur is probably your most underrated coach in the league. 13-3 conference championship. 13-3 conference championship. That's the resume. And against the Chicago Bears, he's 4-0 straight up and against the spread. Now, LaFleur's a guy you want to get to the window on. And yes, if you want to say, it's not LaFleur, it's Rodgers. Well, fine. Rodgers is playing in the game here. I think overall, I agree with you, Donnie. I'd rather back Green Bay. I'm interested for props in this game. It was actually funny. I was doing some of the midday research yesterday when the Damian Williams news broke, and I was just getting to this game. The numbers were up, and they locked, and they haven't come back yet. For those that don't know... The Bears obviously down David Montgomery, turned to Damian Williams to be their lead back. Or so we thought. Damian Williams last week against the Vegas Raiders, 16 carries, 64 yards. Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 75 yards. This is a team that wants to run the football. Will they be winning this game to do that? I'm not sure, but for as long as it is competitive, Khalil Herbert here, Donnie, with the backfield all to himself, will probably be getting a good amount of work here. It's a really interesting player prop game. Now, Green Bay coming off of the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals go on the road facing another NFC North team here in the Detroit Lions. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 47, and I know this is a game, Donnie, that you've circled up here and you're quite interested in. Yeah, I am quite interested because I think Cincinnati
4: by far is the better football team here. Now, say what you want about Detroit, they do play hard. But sooner or later, the talent deficiency is going to catch up to you. Their defense is very poor, particularly on the back seven for the Detroit Lions. That's bad news coming in because Joe Barrow is a very good quarterback. But also keep in mind, that is a talented trio that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be sending out. Now, the one thing that I need to see happen in this game, which I think still might have a good chance here, you saw Mixon play in the last game. Wasn't 100%, played roughly, what, 28 29% of the snaps for Cincinnati. Still was able to score a touchdown. So he figured he'd be a little bit more healthy coming into this week. Practiced on Wednesday. They gave him a maintenance day on Thursday. So, again, the practice reports will be key here. Because if you're telling me here, Kevin, as we set this game up, I'm going to get a healthy Joe Burrow who had to get checked into the hospital for a, uh, a uh, throat contusion, Saying he's going to be okay. And also, now you're taking a look here at Joe Mixon coming back into this game and being healthy with that talented trio of wide receivers, which welcomed T. Higgins back last week. I think we get some points here out of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I just don't trust the Detroit Lions. If I'm just looking at a game that's going to have no impact either with any weather conditions, so maybe your field goal kicker can celebrate kicks early because he doesn't have to worry about it blowing left of the uprights and hitting the flag, this might be a good game for some points, particularly from Cincinnati. But I trust Cincinnati's offense much more than I do the Detroit Lions. I think they pick up the Victory here on the road against Detroit.
3: It's a proof of game for me on the Cincinnati Bengals. And they proved something last week against Green Bay in the loss. Close game. Most people will tell you they deserve to win that game. Overall, you look at the second half against Jacksonville, tremendously impressive. That 24-10 to result against Pittsburgh, for as bad as they are, that's a very legitimate result there as well. You're playing a Detroit Lions team, that's 0-5. And while there's a lot of praise heaped on this 0-5 group. They're 0-5 for a reason. They're a bad team, often outmatched and outmanned here. The Bengals need to prove it to me in this game. Win this game by a touchdown. Go out there and look like the better team that you very well should be. I will say, though, not been making money. Fade the Lions this year at home. A clean 2-0 against the number. Though one of those was that Niners game where, listen, the back door is always open, but they no way, shape, or form should have covered that number, but they were able to get it done. Another really interesting game here, once again, finishing out the NFC North is the Vikings and the Panthers. Carolina at home is now a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. This line has been bouncing around here between who's going to be the favorite. I think it's clearly going to settle on Minnesota. At this point, the over-under is 45-and-a-half, Donnie, in a Sam Darnold-Kirk Cousins showdown. Yeah, this
4: game is a very simple cap for me, and you don't have to put too much time into it. And you're seeing it play out here in the week-to-week practice reports here, excuse me, day-to-day practice reports that we're getting for both of these teams. Cook, who missed the last game, is practicing this week. He looks like he's going to be a go. Christian McCaffrey's missed a couple weeks here with that hamstring injury. He came back for a limited practice on Wednesday, sat out on Thursday. Maybe he, you know, one of those where you say, hey, let's get a workout on Wednesday, see if anything flares up or you get tight for a Thursday practice. Looks like that's happened here. So a game-time decision, as Matt Rule says here, for Christian McCaffrey. So, again, getting back to these simple caps in the NFL, if I get Dalvin Cook back to the Minnesota offense, I like that. If I have no Christian McCaffrey on the offense with Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers, I don't like that. So if we're going to keep this line under a three, I think Minnesota goes on the road and picks up a victory. Just keeping it simple here by saying your best player is out. My best player is back in. I'll take the team with the best player back in here, Kevin.
3: For me, I look at this spot where I agree with the line movement towards Minnesota. You've certainly missed the best of the number. At one point in the week, they were... You know, a plus one spot, which is certainly more attractive than laying two and a half between two teams here where I missed extra point and somebody winning by one wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Some necessary trends to note, though, here. You have a Minnesota team that their two road games were overs. And this is a spot where two weeks in a row, the game against Cleveland and the game against Detroit, you know, you had a 49 and a half against the Lions and into the 50s against Cleveland. Bang, unders. Like, not even thinking about it if you bet those unders. Can they get back on the right track here? Caroline is interesting. They have been an under team to this point in the season, specifically with their passing defense. Right now, they allow the fewest passing yards per game in the league at 161. And a half, like Donnie always mentions, those wild numbers for the Bears offense, specifically in the passing game. There, you would think the Carolinas just played Davis Mills and Justin Fields every week 161 and uh, 0.1 yards per game. That for me makes all of these Vikings passing props a no play where it might look like there's value, but I'm not going to pick on Carolina's defense at this point. Here, I thought their defense was impressive. Against the Eagles last week, even though they ended up losing that game. I just think this is a spot, Don, where you're trusting that Minnesota offense a little bit more as we get closer to the starting gate here. I do think they will need to carry the total, though, if this game is going to get over the number.
4: Yeah, and it's a good point you bring up. And also, it's never too early to look down the road a little bit, meaning another week here. Let's just say Christian McCaffrey does not get to the starting gate this weekend in the game versus the Minnesota Vikings, but does play against the Giants. And you just talked about a very good defense here for the Carolina Panthers. Take a look at who's coming back in week seven or the next game versus the Giants as well, Kevin. You know who that is? Stefan Gilmore is going to be eligible to play, and they say he is healthy and ready to go. So if you don't like Carolina this week, and maybe you're saying like, hey, you know, maybe lower that number. Hopefully Carolina gets smacked around this weekend. They should be able to do some damage here against the Giants if McCaffrey comes back and also Gilmore starts in that secondary. So again, never too early to look at the next weekend, Kevin, if there is some value that might be on the horizon.
3: Speaking of value, do not lay minus two forty on Shuba Hubbard to score a touchdown. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't care if he gets into the end zone on the first play of the game. Like he, the, the the Hubbard number is because well if McCaffrey doesn't play, they, they keep him the same prices. Don't don't lay minus two forty. Dalvin a minus one fifty he makes the starting gate, maybe you could argue. Maybe some same game parlays. We're not doing minus two forty on Chuba Hubbard. We are, though, going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish out the slate. We'll give you our pick six right here on the early line.
5: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Got a lot more to get to here on the early line, and only a little bit about a time to do that. So we keep it moving through week six slate. We go over to the AFC West. Donnie, Denver, Vegas. This game real interesting because you yeah, had two teams that were three and zero. They're now three and two. That's the only reason it's interesting. No, it's not. John Gruden's not on the sidelines here. Vegas is a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. You're over-under in this matchup, Donnie. Very low, 43-and-a-half, a A Vegas game of 43-and-a-half. I cannot believe I'm not all over the over, but I'm certainly not. Yeah,
4: it's it's, this game has a lot of intricacies here dealing with, you know, a a coach that's not going to be making the trip here in John Gruden, who was basically the organization. He was the front office. He was the head coach. He made the roster and the game plan. And now you're looking at a special teams coach that is going to be your new head coach as you go on the road in turmoil. And it's not to say like, oh, man, he really messed up a really good thing here. After three weeks into the season, we were saying here, Kevin, Derek Carr, MVP. Can he lead the Raiders not only to the playoffs but an actual, you know, deep run into the playoffs, beating Baltimore, beating Pittsburgh, beating Miami? Look at the offensive passing numbers here from the first three games for the Las Vegas Raiders, 409, 373, 357. Then you play the Chargers, and you are horrendous in the first half. You only end up throwing for 165. Against the Chicago Bears, you throw for 188. You barely could get the running game off the ground. 2.7 yards per carry versus the Chargers and 3.2 yards versus the Chicago Bears. You lose both of those games by double digits. You fire your head coach, you go on the road, and you play the Denver Broncos, who Teddy Bridgewater is a competent quarterback. They should be able to move the football on the Vegas Raiders. Look, the Vegas Raiders have actually had some pretty good defensive outputs here coming into the past couple weeks. A little bit leaky on the running game, but their passing defense has been good. But how can you step into this game and say, you know what? Let's take a look at the spreads in this game. Minus three and a half with a total of 43 and a half. I could see maybe an over in this game, 43 and a half. But from a spread perspective, this is the reason why sometimes the NFL is so hard to handicap. You say, let me get this straight. Back-to-back weeks, you got blown off the field for the Raiders. Your entire organization is in turmoil. Oh, yeah. And you got to go on the road now, play in elevation in a tough visiting environment here and see if you can get your act together and beat the Denver Broncos. But then again, Kevin, why is this line 7, not seven and a half, ten and a half, or 14.5? It's 3.5 for a reason. I still have to look Mm -hmm. towards the Denver Broncos in this game, but my goodness here, if you're picking the Vegas Raiders to go in on the road and beat a team with all this turmoil, you're a better man than I
3: am. It's really tough, right? And I think it's going to come down a lot to Derek Carr specifically to be the leader in this locker room there. Now, Carr's been around this organization, obviously, for a while. I-, I think this is a game, Donnie, where I'll be significantly more interested in player props than sides or totals, even if maybe some of the props I'm looking at suggest an over here. I think both quarterbacks, Donnie, over one and a half touchdown passes is worth consideration. Light juice, minus 130 Teddy, minus 120 on Car, And for over one and a half touchdown passes, that is light juice. Trust me. You had Teddy go over that number against Pittsburgh, the Giants, and the Jags. He didn't get it against the Jets. That was a fake football game. They shut that team out, and they knew they were going to shut that team out. And then the Baltimore game, he he only played the half, and he still threw a touchdown pass there. And then last week, Derek Carr, that was the first game all season that he didn't throw two touchdown passes. So to me, that's where I'd be a little bit more interested. And also, I think Henry Ruggs, 44-and-a-half receiving yards. It sounds cliche to say he could do it on one play. But he can, and he's gone over that number in all five of his games this year because he's a big play wide receiver. The type of receiver you are in the running for that prop over all game long. Continuing to move through this board, Donnie, I want to bring up the London game here between the Jags and the Dolphins. Jags almost checked in for me as my money line dog. I made a last-second change, pick six right around the corner. But this very well could be their week here, Donnie, up against a vulnerable Miami team. But it is so funny that their potential franchise quarterback, Intuitonga-Vailoa, is set to make his return. And this line has moved in favor of Jacksonville, if anything. Yeah, it's crazy,
4: and and I guess maybe because you're going overseas, oh, Jacksonville's been there, done that before. That's where they used to. Not necessarily here because you have a brand-new head coach that's trying to work his way around the NFL and try not to get fired under that big contract that he has, and also a young rookie quarterback that we anticipate having a little bit better season than what they're actually showing. But the reason in this game that's so hard to take the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kevin, because sometimes you could say, from a Bears perspective, what, what thing you know about the Bears? Their offense is dreadful, but their defense is going to bring some of the pain here each and every Sunday. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense is bringing zero pain whatsoever each and every week. Five games that they played so far here in the 30s in three of them. One game, 37. That was against Houston. 31 against Arizona. 37 against Tennessee. Their offense has shown the ability to run the football and move it. Because when you take a look at last week, you say, well, they really don't stop too many football teams. They don't play too, too good. But last week, it was an okay defensive effort here from them. 184 on the ground, 184 in the air. But take a look at their offensive numbers here, Kevin. From last week, they almost ran. I don't even know how you lost the game, let alone get blown out by close to three touchdowns. 198 (laughs) yards on the ground, 256 in the air, and you lost that game. But also taking a look here at the Jacksonville Jaguars over the past three weeks, Kevin, if you're struggling a little bit on offense with a poor defense, you like to try to get the running game cranked up. 159 yards versus Arizona, 139 versus Cincinnati, 198 versus Tennessee. Maybe they can run the football against this Dolphins team and get away with a victory. Now, having said from the Dolphins' perspective, a lot of banged up guys on offense. Tua Tagovailoa coming back from an injury. How sharp is he going to be? And also, what is your mindset for the Miami Dolphins who had better thoughts on the 2021 season than what they're getting as actual results here. Maybe it's time for Jacksonville to get their first win. And maybe they had to go out of the country, Kevin, to get it.
3: <laughs> it's certainly a, I think the best chance they've, they've had yet. If you remove the game where they hurt up a gazillion on the Bengals, the dolphins are not good. I, I think it's fair to say that at this point here, the new England win doesn't look all that great in the light. I, I mean, if you're a big believer in Tua, I guess that's the deal. Miami's super vulnerable against the run, 133 on the run per game. Last week, Fournette goes over his rushing prop on 12 carries. Brady threw it 40 times because he was having too much fun. It's hard not to like James Robinson props in this game. It's also just hard not to like the over. Two bad defenses, and we talked about it last week. It's quirky, yes, but the Tottenham Hotspur Arena has hosted three NFL games, and it's 3-0 to the over make it four and zero here and play another spot to the over I want to bring up one more game and I think we'll have time before we hit the pick six quickly here Donnie uh this Colts Texans game because this is I think it's pretty funny to me this is the first time the Colts are favored all season long and they're just casually laying a nice little 10 spot here to Davis Mills and the Texans Yeah, and they should be favored here. This is one of those where I think the Indianapolis
4: Colts are close here. They should have won last week, and they probably should have beat the Ravens by double digits. They played well enough, didn't get a good kicking game out of there, couldn't make the stops when you can. And credit Lamar Jackson for being the MVP candidate player that he is. He's a good quarterback, and it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. But I think you can get right in this football game. And maybe Rodrigo Blankenship, who's doubtful with a hip injury, maybe that actually helps out so they can get a kicker that can make some kicks here. But having said that, take a look at the offense. I think, as I said, This is the part where we're going to buoy the Indianapolis Colts. 123 yards on the ground last week, 4.7 yards per carry, Kevin. 390 in the air, which actually that's the adjusted numbers. Carson Wentz actually threw for over 400 yards in this game, 15.6 yards per passing attempt. Maybe you get T.Y. Hilton back this week off of the IR. He's activated the practice. Maybe a week or two out still, but if he comes back, that could be a nice added addition to your offense. Now, take a look at Houston. What did we like last week, Kevin? Finally, a young rookie quarterback willing to take chances mm-hmm. down the field. So if that equates to this week, you saw last week, Lamar Jackson, and the Colts offense, threw for 437 yards against mm-hmm. this secondary here for the Colts, which is susceptible. So if we're looking from a standpoint where Houston gives up 257 yards passing per game and you have Indianapolis giving up 260 yards passing per game, I think we can get some points in this game. So even if you don't like that high total, I think Indianapolis is going to be able to score. But I also think Houston, with their rookie quarterback sort of coming into his own and able to move the football at least be competent on offense, if they can get it to the teens here, no reason for me not to believe, Kevin, you can't get at least 43 to 44 points in this game. I look towards the over in the game between the Colts and the Houston Texans here.
3: I think it might be able to get a little bit more than that, maybe – And all Ah. over, look, pick six is around the corner, but I'll tell you this right now. All three of the covers for the Texans have gone over. You look at what we saw last week from the Colts. The secondary looks like it is in shambles. Davis Mills and that team finally showing some life, some trickery, whatever it takes to move the football I don't think they're going to quit if they are down in this game there and there should be enough juice to get you not just over the primary number but some alt numbers which brings us perfectly to our pick six I was thinking about changing up the order I will not change up the order Donnie always bats leadoff here. Here's the deal. He's 5-0 on Moneyline Dogs. It's an absolute outrageous thing. I'm 3-2. I've hit three in a row. I should be proud. I'm not. I feel like I'm letting the team down. But that's just what happens when you're dealing with DRS and you're dealing with plus money. Donnie, swing it around. Your pick six for week six. Yep, let's make it quick here on this to
4: end a nice little Friday show here on the early line. TD score this weekend for myself Ezekiel Elliott, minus 125. He has been an absolute bulldozer on the goal line, and they like to give him the football on the goal line with a good offensive line. Sign me up for that one. Secondly, the money line dog, which is what we always wait for. This one, I have to say, looks too good to be true, but I'm going to roll with it. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to back out because I like something a little bit better. No, I'm going to stick with this. I love Justin Herbert. They're coming on the road here. I think they'll be able to get after that Baltimore Ravens secondary here. So I'm going with my money line play of the week. This is the Chargers at plus 120 in under. Already talked about it today. Bears Packers. If you're going to give me an offense that's going to have 150 plus yards combined between the Chicago Bears passing and rushing, I'm automatically looking to an under. Under 44 and a half between the Bears and the Packers, the alt line of the week. I think the Bengals are a decent football team. I think the Detroit Lions stink as a football team. You are in a dome. That offense should move. <laughs> being the Bengals here, we should be able to make kicks that actually go through the upgrades before we celebrate. My alt line total of the week: the Cincinnati Bengals minus six and a half at a plus 130 clip. And if we get back to the Indianapolis Colts, going against a bad Houston football team, giving up 4.4 yards per carry on the season. Why not Jonathan Taylor over 81 and a half yards as my yardage prop and also my teaser game this weekend. I just have a trust factor issue here with the Chicago Bears and their offense, as you've seen throughout the show. I'll take Aaron Rodgers to just win the football game here and the Packers by one point or more as my teaser
3: game here versus the Chicago Bears. Kevin, your pick six. Where are we going? I love it. I love it. I love it. By the way, tag team teaser four and one. Donnie and I have each missed one. We missed it the same week. That is in sync. Back at it again. I'll go in reverse order. My teaser game. Listen, is it too easy? We'll find out. Chiefs minus a half. They're winning this game. They're winning this game. They have to win this game. If they don't win this game, cancel the season for Kansas City. My yard's prop. I'm 5 0 oh on yards prop. Want to make it 6 0. Oh. We're going to Lamar Jackson over 65 and a half rush yards. The Chargers can't stop the run. If I hand the ball off to DRS, he's wiggling for at least 15. I have no doubt about that. They're giving up a buck 50 on the ground per game. Lamar gets loose in a big matchup. Alt over, teased it. Colts Texans over 47 and a half at plus 150. We missed the alt over by a hook last week, plus 150 big number let's cash a ticket there my under furious i lost this last week it will not happen again giants rams under 48 and a half what are the rams gonna score all these points Mike glennon maybe gets to the starting gate here no way under 48 and a half money line dog i'm trying to pull from donnie's playbook here titans two to one shot against the bills monday night football james robinson anytime touchdown score against that awful dolphins run defense that's the pick six drs closes out the early line next
4: Last segment of the week here on the early line, right here on the Sports Grid Network. Both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh bringing the pain all week long, setting you up for an exciting weekend of sports. Major League Baseball action. Both league championship series now are set and will be underway. Also, the NFL on Sunday and college football on Saturday. We're also going to hand it off to the morning after. You're coming up from 9 to 12, Ben Stevens. Going to take you through right up till noon and also bring in some of the best guests in the industry to see if we can break down and pick out some winners and get all the information you need. But I do want to take a little bit of time here because I like to talk about some certain segments here that need to be changed in sports. We can always use a little bit of a tweaking here. Take a look at last night. Fantastic baseball game between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants, coming down to the ninth inning, two 100 plus win teams. It was only fitting for a deciding game to come down to one final inning. But isn't it a shame that sometimes the simplest things in baseball can be fixed and are never changed here? The check swing. Did it decide the game? No, not necessarily. But the way the game ended, controversial? Absolutely. Clearly not a check swing. And it's just amazing that Max Schurz was actually in for a close, which is fascinating with the way that Major League Baseball can operate where you throw everything out the window in these final games that are decisive. But can't we just review this? you don't want to upstage the umpire because he missed the play i guess right but you have to make those changes going into next year i've said time and time again with rob manfred hey look make the necessary moves salary cap in baseball would be fantastic having the dh in the national league would be even better but how about just reviewing a check swing that could end a team's 106 or seven win campaign here and also flip it over to the nfl last night good football game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Decided late in that game. Why? Not because it was on the field, because of a taunting penalty where a linebacker got a little bit too excited about making a play on Leonard Fournette. It doesn't have to be this way. Let's not overthink things. Make the simple changes in both sports, and we can have a better sporting environment. That'll do it today for the early line for both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh. Make sure you stay tuned here for the morning after with Ben Stevens from 9 to 12, right here on The Grid out of here for the early line we'll see you monday
0: the only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information but we just call it the edge Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh,